Welcome back, listeners. This is Jack. This is Ryan. And this is Chris. And we're the best. We're the beautiful. We're the only podcast that matters. <laughs> I like it. Nice. Thank you. Welcome to Ectocast, folks. Uh, before we actually get started, I would like to put out a little uh, apology for some of the audio in ScaredyCast last week. Unfortunately, you may have read the description, but it's something that really couldn't have been avoided. It was uh, after we recorded that we realized we had a technical issue. So we felt the show was good enough to still unleash on the public. So there you have it. But it's a little slip up and something that we know to look out for in the future. So uh, we do apologize, but we hope you enjoyed the show just the same. And uh, Indeed. Mm-hmm. speaking of shows, actually, uh, unfortunately, Corey couldn't join us tonight. He was supposed to do this show with us. And then a little while before we got started, got the message from him. He couldn't make it because uh, he's finally moved out of moving to Corey a log cabin. Bye bye. Yeah. He, he finally moved out of Possum Palace. Yeah. So <laughs> into a log cabin. <laughs> yeah. There's no possums. No there. less. No, just no. bears. <laughs> uh, he's actually going to be right down the road. He's going to be right down the road from me, which is... Uh, Kind of weird. Which is convenient, but convenient, strange. Yeah. Yes, in your beautiful neighborhood, and then you have log cabins. Yes. Yeah. Where is there even a <laughs> log a cabin? I don't know. It's somewhere off of Route Nine. Weird. Yeah. Well, whatever. Anyway, there's just get, one. Let's get one back log to the cabin. This isn't cabin cast. Yeah. Let's get back yes. to the task at hand. One. One log cabin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so, Ghostbusters. Um, yeah. It's just as well the three of us are doing the show because we are the biggest Ghostbusters fans among everybody who yeah. contributes to the website. I'd say we're, we're the we're the diehards. Anybody we know, I think too. Uh, possibly, I mean, Ron and Corey and Andrew and Jimmy are obviously are all fans. Um, yeah, they are not. fans, but they don't. Quote They're not as... Ghostbusters throughout their daily lives for yeah, no exactly. kind of reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I quoted at work. I quoted at home. I quoted to myself in the shower. <laughs> That's like, just, that is weird. Everything no, in Ghostbusters <laughs> applies to life in some aspects. Yes. So here we are. Um, we hope. A bunch of you went out and saw the screenings during the month. That was awesome. AMC had it for three consecutive Thursdays. And then Halloween night, which was yes. actually tonight when we're recording the show, mm-hmm. incidentally. Uh, it's the one we didn't go to. But <laughs> I went to every other one. Jack went to two of them. Ryan went to two of them. And it was awesome. And a, a myriad of guests joined us on different occasions. The four of us actually went to the first one on the 13th, which was awesome. And, Dressed uh, in uh, khaki pants and Ghostbusters t-shirts. Well, for three each. of us. Yeah. One of us allegedly doesn't have khakis. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. That's right. Even on the first night? I thought yeah, even on the khakis. first night. Yeah. yeah, that person didn't wear anything. It's Andrew, folks. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Like he, who was <laughs> not to be named. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you've seen the photos, you already know. Yeah. But we had a great time, of course, uh, chatting with fans and interviewing fans. Clips which you guys will hear in a little bit and opening the doors up to uh, feedback and doing some fan interaction. We really want to expand and get some more interaction with, with fans and listeners. So we're very happy to open it up to talk to people, interview them, get your comments. We had some comments submitted to us about Ghostbusters because with it being Halloween and with these screenings being announced for no apparent reason other than the fact that it was Halloween because it's not an anniversary or anything. No. Just by popular demand, Ghostbusters is still popular. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amongst anything yes. nostalgic, it's up there with anything in with all with all the other geek stuff yeah like with yeah. back to the future the same company who hosted the back to the future screening that we went to last year see uh episode 12 deutsch Badcast for the story around that yeah and uh <laughs> self-plug but the same company that set up these screenings set that up last year and 
apparently that helped to pave the way for the screening this year. So I hope more of these mm-hmm. pop up. I mean, there was Top Gun that you went to a few months ago. There was uh, an airplane right after the month after Leslie Nielsen's passing. Yes, passing. airplane. Uh, Sixteen Candles. My sister went and saw Sixteen Candles and when it played at AMC. Taxi Driver for thirty fifth anniversary yes. in March. There have been a bunch for of the them. Blu-ray release. Actually, fun fact. I don't know if it's really a fun fact, but fact itself, we were supposed to get well. Jurassic Park was actually shown in Europe, and originally, I think the U.S. was supposed to get it surrounding the Blu-ray release, but because of maybe I don't know how this came about with Ghostbusters, we got Ghostbusters instead, and the U.K. and other European countries got back uh, not Back to the Future, Jurassic Park in theaters. I think there was I could be mistaken. I think there was one U.K. screening of Ghostbusters. I think they had it for one night, oh. but they also don't have movie theaters and. Every six feet, like we do in the U.S., mm. so it's different. Jack, you <laughs> know too much stuff. <laughs> Actually, Corey brought that up to me. Really, yes. he knows too much stuff too. But you know too much stuff. I do. Kind of bothers <laughs> me sometimes. What that I know more than you, and you're jealous. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly is that what, what it is. It is. Yeah. yeah, but you have more toys than Jack does. Eh, maybe the the love of <laughs> Ghostbusters that you two have has extended beyond mine, and as much as you both have bought an insane amount of. Ghostbusters merchandise that we have, it's, yeah, it, and I'm available. not anywhere near done yet. <laughs> of course, we're just getting started. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the movies themselves. Um, let's do that. Yeah, let's let's let me pose the question to you guys that we pose to uh, our public. What does Ghostbusters mean to you? Uh, it was my entire childhood. Everything about it: Halloween, toys, movies, the TV show, the cartoon. My childhood was engulfed in Ghostbusters. Who'd you dress as for Halloween? Egon. Ah. Like three years in a row, pretty sure. <laughs> Did you have the red glasses and I had all the that red the glasses. Frames? I had the jumpsuit. I had the plastic proton pack. I had the trap. <laughs> I had all the action figures. I had the firehouse. I had the Ectomobile. <laughs> I had an Ectomobile soap dish for the bathtub. You can see why you want all this stuff <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently I, I was lied to by my mother, who said that she saved all that shit. And I tore my basement apart, top to bottom, and found nothing. Really, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, oh. I was I, every box imaginable. I tore everything apart and came up empty. They weren't left in your yeah. old house, were they? I cried, possibly, uh, possibly oh. rescue Man. mission. <laughs> yeah, I don't think <laughs> so. so. That's that's probably long gone. <laughs> uh, it's been a couple of years. They've been in Bayville now. Yeah. It is tragic. Indeed. How about you, Jack? Uh, for me, almost what Ryan said, Ghostbusters to me is one of the earliest recollections I could have back to my childhood. I had Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles, Batman, but for me, Ghostbusters, I got started with the cartoon. I knew about the movies because I had little little paper, th- well, little small sticker books back in the day in like 1987, 88, between, right. uh, around the first and second film because... You couldn't escape it in the 80s. With the cartoon and between the two films, Ghostbusters was an 80s phenomenon. But um, it's just something I always can recall. I had the four main characters as action figures. Actually, my favorite was the Peter Vankman where you squeeze his arm and his eyeballs and his um, mouth <laughs> yeah, and his hair pop out of his up. head. Yeah. The Scare yeah. series. I had and that I, one too. I had the proton pack with the foam proton stream. Mm-hmm. I had the trap with the uh, cardboard cutouts of Slimer and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yep. I had the PKE meter. Mm-hmm. I had actually one of my favorites was, and I think I still have this somewhere. My Hot Wheels of Ecto, the Ecto One A from Ghostbusters Two, where it has the Ghostbusters Two logo and oh. it has the spinning, yeah, it has the spinning satellite on it. Oh, that's, that's sweet. awesome! So I'm going to go up into my attic and around Christmas time when I get all the decorations out and start looking for those small items because I still, I think I still have the four figures and the Ecto Mobile. 
but it's something that again it links back to my childhood i can remember seeing ghostbusters 2 when i was four and a half five years old and being scared to death of it because vigo scared the shit out of me <laughs> he um, was a scary vigo character. was pretty terrifying and just the whole end scene was terrifying to me as for a four-year-old see danny get tied up and to see them yeah. try to go up against this monster, and then he had the baby kidnapped, and I had to, my sister was just born around the time, so I was scared to death that you know something like that could happen, and they could Aww. kidnap my sister. So I, <laughs> oh, I, poor I, little Jack. But um, it was just very terrible. Uh, that was, character was just terrifying, and I guess also it scared me when he possessed Ray at the end, and he became a and that he had the red eyes and the yeah. horns and the monster. That was yeah. actually one of the funniest parts. It, of the it movie. is. It's so funny. That was scary. Ray, we want you for, the monster. Can for, you get out of the way, please? Four and a half years old, though, Ryan. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> another thing um, that links back for another memory for Ghostbusters was I hadn't seen it between I guess the age of five and twelve, and when I first got Comedy Central, Ghostbusters Two was on every day. That was a time when I got in, uh, reintroduced to that the the first film and other great comedies of the 80s and just every time Ghostbusters 2 was on I would sit and watch it and laugh my ass off when I was 12, 13 <laughs> yeah. I actually start, watched it several times when I had chicken pox that summer Ooh, and just laughed yeah. every day and what I loved about it also it doesn't really matter but um, they played the credits throughout and I discovered the soundtrack and I think that's kind of where my whole 80s nostalgia triggered when I was 12 or 13 watching that movie yeah, trying to make. Oh my God, I remember this. I remember being scared of Vigo. Why was I scared of Vigo? Oh yeah, I was four <laughs> years old. Who's Run DMC? Yes, yeah. but I love the and that's, uh, the soundtrack love, was great for both of those movies. Yes, but I love the R and B soundtrack of the eighties. It was. I mean, I'm not a fan of Bobby Brown at all, but I love that song on our own, and I love any song they play mm. throughout the credits. It's just fun. Such a weird soundtrack for both those movies. It though. is. Weird. It seemed really random. Like there's no continuity. I mean, if you look at soundtracks in the eighties. Let's say for the John Hughes movies, they tend to be, let's say, new wave songs or keyboard heavy songs. Whereas this in the first Ghostbusters album soundtrack, it's like, what in the hell? It's, yeah. it's kind of like they just grabbed any artist that was on Arista Records. Pretty like, much. Like Huey Lewis. Uh, in order to get them to make <laughs> yeah. a song. And there you have it. I think that happened a lot in the 80s where artists on a certain label, not to take this too much in a musical direction, but just because to me the, the soundtracks are so random. I think that happened a lot where whatever label was putting out the soundtrack, their artists are the ones who contributed to the soundtrack, and that was it. And yeah. I, I still wish that there were good soundtracks to movies these days. But And Dan Aykroyd I th- had a lot to do with the production of the movie, and he loved R&B music through Blues Brothers and everything oh, yeah. else. So there's a lot of R&B and his lousy, songs throughout uh, the... Uh, his lousy Blues Brothers performances since. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Interestingly enough... On the first soundtrack, at least. There was some discussion, because uh, Dan Aykroyd was actually in our area, Yes. Uh, if there are any uh, locals listening, he was at the Sam's Club in Freehold, Freehold right? yeah. and uh, he has something to do with Skull Vodka, which you've probably seen it if you're over 21, if you're under 21. Owner. Yeah, it's yeah. the bottle's the shape of a skull, and it looks awesome. I didn't know he had anything to do with it whatsoever. I didn't either. I've seen those bottles. Yeah, yeah I've seen skull. them for yeah. years, and I just never... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Never yeah. thought anything about it. It's not like his face is plastered all over the box, not as far as I've seen anyway, no. maybe more recently. But he was doing an appearance at this Sam's Club, and this was during the month of October when there were these screenings and, and whatnot. So I thought, oh, man, we should go and get an interview with him. But <laughs> there were a few issues with that in as much as none of us had a Sam's Club membership. Yeah. So we would have to put up money, which is like, if I if I read it correctly, it was like $50 a year. I'm sure we'd have to buy a bottle of vodka, and who's to say if we were we would be able to even get an interview with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because totally. I guess he was only signing. 
Yeah, I mean, like that, you you want to just get your yeah, even to meet him. I I'd, buy a, I'd buy a bottle of vodka and spend fifty bucks and never go there again to meet Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> well, you should have gone. Like all day, I was at work, and I'm like, if I had a day really? off and a Sam's Club membership, I would have gone into work for you. Oh my god, I could I could have made myself a, your great outdoors DVD. Yeah, I was in I was just in a rotten mood all day because I wanted to be really with Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> <laughs> such a random state of mind. Yeah. Is your girlfriend all right with that? Does she know you feel these things? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's why with, <laughs> You hang out with... Hang out with she Dan. didn't find out about the Ghostbusters obsession until after well, <laughs> she agreed I, I to. I guess, it. yeah. Yeah. Isn't hanging out with Dan Jackroyd enough for you? Because... Dan Jackroyd. <laughs> she was actually... She actually... Uh, when I showed uh, Jen the, uh, the Ghostbusters movie, she actually mentioned that unprovoked... Because I had never <laughs> mentioned any likening between Dan Aykroyd and Jack DeFranco to her before. And the scene in the first movie when they were eating the Chinese food, like right before they got their first major call. Why? Because she was like, in his mouth, you're like, oh, that's Jack. Well, no, she was, like, she was like, he looks so much like Jack. And I'm it like, does. I know. <laughs> I, sent, I sent a photo to my girlfriend who re- refuses to watch Ghostbusters for some reason. Yeah, that, that's got to get corrected. I, well, we'll see. We will, we will fix this. Say what you want. Because Swift in harsh fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Since this is a Ghostbuster-centric show, she probably won't even listen to it. But Aww. No kidding. Uh, yeah, <laughs> go figure. But when they're walking out of uh, the bank after they get the, the mortgage to be able to finance it, I snapped a photo of when Peter's talking about everything at, uh, as far as uh, the franchise rights alone will make us rich beyond our wildest dreams. And just the expression on Dan Aykroyd's face, I'm sorry, Ray Stans' face. Yeah. I just paused it, snapped a picture, sent it to her, and I was like, how much does this resemble Jack? And I got back like the most insane, like, oh my God, oh, you're right. Oh, I can't believe I'm it. Honored. Yep, oh, really? I, really yeah. I really am honored. <laughs> and he does, completely accidentally. Jack does, in his own way, resemble Dan Aykroyd at Ray Stans circa yeah. 1984. Jack DeFranco, heart of the only podcast that matters. Yes. <laughs> they love you here. <laughs> well, kind of getting around to me, what Ghostbusters means to me. Um, it's My progression was a little bit slower. I mean, you guys are younger than me, so I think you're more inundated with the toys and mm-hmm. all that stuff because just, just by virtue of the fact you were younger because I remember the cartoon series coming on the air mm-hmm. and I watched the cartoon first, the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Even though I did watch the... Um, Oh, was it Filmation one? Yeah, what the hell was that? It was based on a live action show that was done in like the 50s or 60s, where it was like two guys and a third guy in a gorilla suit, except in the cartoon, it was an actual gorilla that they animated. And I mean, it it wasn't bad. It wasn't... It was called Ghostbusters? It was called Ghostbusters. That name was licensed. I know they ran into some issue and didn't even know leading up to the release of Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters we all know and love. If they were even going to use the title, because Sony or Columbia, whoever it would have been at the time, would have to buy out the ownership of the of the name. So even though they referred to as the Ghostbusters in the movie, they didn't know if they were going to call the movie Ghostbusters. If I remember correctly from either the commentary or Slimer Mode on the Blu-ray, which incidentally tomorrow, unless you're listening to this uh, beyond the day after it goes up on November fourth. We're actually putting up a commentary that the three of us did for the first Ghostbusters movie. Uh, the unfortunate caveat to that is it suffered the same uh, recording issue that we had with ScaredyCast in that the quality is not as high quality as what you're listening to right now. It's still hilarious and informative and fun, and mm-hmm. 
I imagine more people are going to listen to the show than necessarily the commentary. Just but, us being geeks, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, so we may geeks. double up on a little bit of, of what we talked about in the commentary on here. So apologies for that, but odds are more people will be listening to the show than the commentary necessarily because I mean, we did it for fun. If you want to essentially mm-hmm. watch the movie with us and get little tidbits thrown at you, please tune into the commentary. We're actually doing commentary for movies we like. Um, I'd watched the cartoon first, was, of course, aware of the movie, and uh, was slightly appalled when I watched the movie and found out that Egon actually has uh, brown hair, not blonde hair. That was a little weird oh, yeah. to absorb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because From the cartoon to the movie, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense when you look at the cartoons, and any cartoon, obviously being an adult now, you look at it differently. But they had to make every character a little bit more distinguishable than they were in the movie. Yeah. Not that they weren't. They were their own strong characters in the movie, but they visually had to be distinct from each other. Yeah. yeah I remember seeing, actually recently, an old documentary on YouTube with Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis and some of the animators from the cartoon series in 1989 saying that they wanted to distinguish the characters, the animated characters, from the actual actors themselves. They didn't want them to really look or resemble them so much. And Dan Aykroyd's like, yeah, my character is the fat one. So, yeah. <laughs> You know, and Egon had the, the big... Framed uh, the thick red framed glasses in the cartoon and, and the little and the uh, tail in the back. Yeah, yeah, that was really random. And even in gone. the front, didn't he have that kind of like little? Yeah, the little uh, Elvis swirl. That little Elvis swirl yeah, that yeah. came down uh, over his forehead. You know what's funny about the cartoon as well? Here's a little bit of symmetry for you. Obviously, we all know Peter Venkman was played by Bill Murray in the movies, and the voice of Peter Venkman in the cartoon was done by a gentleman named Lorenzo Music, who did the voice for the Garfield animated series. Fast forward, Bill Murray, was after the Garfield. death, yeah, did the voice of Garfield because yeah. Lorenzo Music had passed away. Wow! So isn't that oh, really? funny? He passed away. Oh, that's shit. that's why he didn't do it for the the Garfield movies. Oh. If I understand correctly, please, I don't want to get like loads of emails and comments. And, and, and truth wrong, be told, asshole, he, he regretted it. <laughs> if oh, anyone's ever I, seen something, I don't know if that was a joke in Zombieland or <laughs> yeah, not. It shouldn't be. That may have been a joke. Those movies weren't unwatchable. I mean, I don't. I saw them both, but Billy Connolly's in the second one. It can't be that bad. Yeah, Billy Connolly's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm a fan. I enjoyed them for what they were. I wasn't expecting it's was going to be the, the like reinvention cinematic of Jim. Yeah, yeah, of course. They were just fun movies. I mean, they're essentially kids' movies, but they weren't as tragic as people. Is there an Orson and Friends in the middle of the movie? No, but that would have been amazing <laughs> yes. if they stumbled upon a farm, Orson's farm, or U.S. Acres, as it was called in the Saturday morning uh, cartoon. It was called Orson's Farm in the DVD. Well, anyway, we're diverting from Ghostbusters a hell of a lot, but... Anyway, I uh, had seen the movie. I don't know. We somehow recorded it off TV. So as I referenced in the commentary track, there are a lot of performances and, and lines and so forth. I was completely unaware of until I was 20 and got the DVD of the first movie and was like, holy crap, it's the first time I've ever seen the movie on cut. Mm. So I was completely unaware of Egon yelling, your mother, at, at, yeah. <laughs> and, and going to strangle Walter Peck. Walter Peck. Yeah. And uh, various other other lines like that, but unfortunately, you'll have to listen to the commentary to hear all of them if you're interested in what was different on the TV version. But for years, that was the only version I knew. Yeah, the Wally Wick version. Yeah, Wally Wick. It wasn't Dickless. It was Wally Wick. There's another little little tidbit for you folks. And then Ghostbusters 2, I probably saw... I'm going to say the first Ghostbusters I saw when I was maybe like six or seven. Mm. Just I don't even remember watching it when it was recorded off whatever channel on TV. I just remember always watching it on a... On a blank VHS tape. Yeah. And watching it a couple of times. And being freaked out at a couple scenes, like when, uh, the, I mean, the terror dogs, obviously, when I was a kid. Yeah, kind that, of was, me out. that was yeah, horrifying. That was a little, yeah. and, I had to skip that page in my book. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and then 
the librarian, of course, in the beginning, too. That used to freak me out. I used to look away from the TV and that popped up. Not that it haunted me, but as a little kid, you look at that. Even though it was a giant puppet yeah, or a robot, let's say, that just kind of sprang up and expanded, it still, as a kid, it was like, holy shit, look at that. Yeah. I love that scene. When I was, oh, I do, too. And it's before, hilarious like, wow, looking at great. it now. The three of us, it's so funny because just from watching the movie recently, the first one especially, and for... As much time as Ryan and Jack and I spend together, and it's an inordinate amount of time, let me just tell you, yeah. for three heterosexuals to spend we together. Each other. Yeah, we do. It's kind of abnormal. It, it is <laughs> abnormal. And the amount of time we spend hanging out off mic is absolutely ludicrous. But mm-hmm. after watching the movies recently, especially seeing it three consecutive times in the movie theater, three consecutive weeks, rather, in the movie theater, a bunch of times at home, just to absorb more and more information leading up to the show and the screenings and doing the commentary and all that with you guys. The way. Peter and Egon and Ray interact with each other so much how the three of us interact with each other. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Not intentionally. And obviously, we, we didn't grow up together, the three of us. So it doesn't come from that. Like, we're all trying to inhabit the, the spirit of any of the, the original three Ghostbusters, if that makes any sense. But No, there are, there are certain comparisons. Like, Jack is very kind of all shucks like Ray is in a lot of scenes. And, and with, but with the childlike and, and, excitement about And the childlike too. excitement. And wow. even the look, too. Like, you, you do... Clearly, yeah. yeah. You do kind of look like Ray stands. And, like, yeah. physically. And also... And, you know... I could see myself where you guys trying to make me sell my parents' house for... Yeah, something. yeah exactly. <laughs> we absolutely would. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd be the one to, and, to yeah, hornswoggle you into doing it. That's yeah. the, like Peter did. And Chris, Chris is reason. a walking punchline like Peter Venkman is throughout <laughs> both movies. And I could see myself fucking up where we're in this dire situation and I call upon a giant Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. You would. Exit. You'd yes. immediately go to something from your childhood yes. <laughs> if it came down to it. And uh, Ryan has the, the kind of like dry delivery that Egon does, even though Egon doesn't joke. I'm not quite as smart as, <laughs> yeah, well, as Egon Well, you are. Either. It's just in, a, in another uh, arena. It's yeah. just not as, uh, you're not as scientific as Egon, but you can do a dry deadpan delivery like, I'm always serious. <laughs> you can get that across. Yeah. Unlike Jack and I who would have to put the effort into it to actually sell that. Whereas you can dryly make a joke or make a statement and no one will pick up on it otherwise. Mm. That and you had the costume as a kid, so that says a That's lot. That's true. Yeah. Mm. I was a fan of the Egon. And I didn't even see Ghostbusters 2, just to, to kind of sum up my experience with it, until I was like 11. I mean, it was only like four yeah. years later and it wasn't long after it had you, come out. But, kinda, yeah. Didn't you see it in the theater? I mean, No, I didn't see... I, I, I hadn't think, seen any of them in the theater until this past month. I think where we, where we all started was probably more with the cartoon because... Yeah, the first movie came the out. The era maybe. we grew up in, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we eventually saw the movies, but I was uh, an infant when the first one came out. Yeah, uh, I was born so in was December I. of 83, and the movie comes out in 84, so I certainly didn't see it in the theater or, you know, even shortly thereafter. And yeah. Was even the second one. I probably saw the second one before I even saw the first one, actually. I mean, I think so, too. I was about five when the second one came out, so okay. I do remember seeing that when I was pretty young. I definitely saw them in sequence. But the second one was the my one friend's favorite movie. He actually lived in a house down the street, and he had I think he'd recorded off like HBO or maybe he was just playing on HBO a lot. But we watched it together, and that's when I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" And then, however many years later, like eight nine years later, it was those two movies I bought together in a two pack on DVD for I don't remember how much it was. <laughs> it was probably like twenty five dollars or thirty dollars at the time. DVDs were still brand new and exciting but I, yeah. was, I was just so excited and see the movies in widescreen too was amazing mm. like look at all this stuff that got cut out I was wondering why I can never read the headlines on any of the newspaper magazine covers during that montage where the three of them are finally in business and yeah. and keeping busy because that pan and scan it used to just show like 
the actual movie, and then it would kind of pan over slowly to whatever's on the article. So that was awesome to finally see all that together. So the movies on DVD were like such a dream. Yeah, <laughs> I, I must admit. I mean, the second one doesn't really get a lot of as much credit as the first one, and I think it's a shame because I love the second one just as much. And it's another thing that harkens back to my childhood. I loved the slime in the second one because I can remember watching You Can't Do That on television on <laughs> yeah. Nickelodeon and watching people get slimed and watching Nickelodeon constantly. Watching and just, Alanis Morissette get slimed. And yeah, just really. seeing... Um, oh, that's right. She was on that. Yeah. And she, she was. Had, she had short hair. <laughs> and just seeing that was another thing, represent representation of my childhood. Like, wow, slime is so very late 80s for me and very much of a memory for me. Yeah. And the, the second one was just as dialogue-driven and just as funny if not funnier, I think, than the first one. As far as just the with the with uh, just the sheer amount of jokes and everything, I, I always thought the second one was slightly funnier. That's just a tough call opinion. for me. I don't it's know close, if I pick one. But as far as the comedy is concerned, for some reason, I always thought the second one was just funnier. I feel like the personalities of the characters and all that really carried over. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was definitely a direct line from the first one to the second one, and they yeah. made it where five years had elapsed. Yeah. Where... People had moved on to different avenues. Peter had his TV show, and Egon mm-hmm. was conducting his weird experiments with temperatures and all that other stuff. But I was surprised when I looked at it recently to find out that the second one only made half as much as the first one. Yeah. Well, it came which out in the crazy. summer of 1989, which was the big summer of Batman and Indiana Jones and Lethal Weapon 2. It kind of got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, but it has its own audience. I mean, the only one that I it feel came like... came out a week before Batman and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids also. So I mean, All right, well, that's true. It, it could have yeah. been... Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was pretty big. And five years in the theater, Batman, uh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) no big deal. That was somewhat successful, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Remember seeing Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Like, I want to see Batman or Ghostbusters. I loved Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I I definitely saw. That's funny. I saw Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Batman in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Funny enough, Rick Moranis was one of my favorite actors as a kid. Yeah, well, well, he, he was he, everywhere. He was in yeah, everything. He was in every, yeah. Yeah. Even in movies I had no interest in seeing, something like My Blue Heaven or whatever. Like, I saw My Blue Heaven. Did I you? used to love that movie when I was a kid. No, I'm not saying with, there's uh, anything Steve wrong with Martin. Yes. Yeah. I'm with, saying with, with black with hair. Little he was Shop in, of Horrors. Yeah, yeah, he was in Little Shop of Horrors. I remember the cartoon for Little Shop of Horrors also. Little Giants, of course. Little oh, Giants. Great. Yeah. So we had a couple of fans reach out to us uh, through comments. Thank you to everybody who, who did comment. But uh, let's talk a little bit about what... Ghostbusters meant to some of our fans. Here are a handful of comments that they had. Uh, Leanne Yeager writes to us, I think Ghostbusters is such a classic because it has such big names, in parentheses, now. Obviously, I mean, they were big names leading up to it. But, of course, they're, they're still big names now. Too bad they don't get the, their, their due as far as casting goes, but that would be nice to see some of them in, in really fun movies as, as, with good characters. And I'm not, saying that not now. Not Yogi kinda, Bear. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, Dana, anyway, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Vodka's not selling. Um, yeah. Big names all collaborating on a movie that has a bit of everything in it. It's funny, has a supernatural twist, plus the effects weren't bad for the time. And come on, who doesn't love Slimer? Which is <laughs> absolutely true. Kevin Kerr writes, Ghostbusters 2 was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. I loved it and walked out of the theater wanting to be a Ghostbuster, despite the fact I was afraid to go down to my aunt's dark basement. <laughs> Ironically, I never saw the original Ghostbuster until nearly eight years later. If only the internet and current form existed back then. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, he's right. I, who didn't want to be a Ghostbuster after they saw these movies when they were a kid? Yeah, exactly. Who, who didn't yeah. think that that was a real profession? Who didn't <laughs> want to grow up to do that? 
Yeah, exactly. You know, who didn't want a proton pack? Like that's a fantastic accidental that segue. Didn't have a foam <laughs> proton <laughs> stream. Yeah. yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or a little a Take little plastic that. piece that you twist <laughs> yeah. from the back of the wand. That proton pack weighs more than I do. <laughs> when I was, you know, you're six years old. Yeah, <laughs> I think probably weighs forty pounds. And it was depressing as you got older and you found it in your in your basement and you tried it on and the straps didn't and the fit straps anymore. didn't fit anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh no, little, really? Uh, no. A little sad. Uh, now what am I gonna do? Because it only yeah. was meant for like a five or six year old. Oh, of how course. am I gonna bust ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of our last comments, which is from uh, Dan Sutton, who actually we kind of verbally interviewed at one of the screenings. He says Ghostbusters was basically his childhood. Uh, between Ghostbusters and Transformers. For him, it was all about uh, collecting toys. And he always wanted to be a Ghostbuster because, like the rest of us, he thought it was a real profession. Yeah. So he thought one day he was going to grow up and he was going to be a Ghostbuster. But he just looks back at it as a great experience when he was a kid. And for Ghostbusters, as a franchise, it's like what Harry Potter was to kids now, which I think is kind of a fair comparison as far as when you're a kid and you're tied into, especially at the time when there's something like a cartoon where movies don't really have cartoon spinoffs anymore. All of them had in the 80s. I mean, there was a Little Shop of Horrors, funnily enough. Uh, cartoon. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes cartoon. Yeah. Oh, the Attack uh, of the Killer Tomatoes cartoon. I remember that. That was great. <laughs> Kid and Play had their own cartoon, for crying out loud. I guess I mean, you everybody say had them. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but the cartoon came first. The cartoon came first, in as far as the, the public was concerned. Mm. I believe it exists as a comic Toxic book Crusaders. First. I remember I had... That was great. Yeah, I remember that. I had the action figures to that. Yeah, because Toxic Adventure movie was out, but that was a way adult movie. Yeah. That was quite violent and uh, gross. I think I actually saw that in a video store once. My mom, mom was like, no, you don't want to see that. <laughs> it's not the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> you want to see them all, Jack, because yeah. they're, they're terrible fun. <laughs> kind of like guilty pleasures, but I'm not that... I don't feel that guilty about it. I don't all right. see it. Mm. Let's cut some interview clips now. Uh, we spoke to some fans at various screenings of the movie. Let's hear a little bit about what uh, they have to say with our fancy new technology. We're not going to be able to interview fans, and we're on the road and out and about. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So mm-hmm. here's a few clips of what some listeners and some fans had to say uh, at some of the screenings. Hey, man, what's your name? Uh, Mark Daniel. What does Ghostbusters mean to you? <laughs> uh, it's a good reboot of my childhood. I mean, it was great seeing something on the big screen again that I probably was too young to remember the first time I saw it on the big screen. And just, you know, bringing back such great memories. It was perfect for the holiday time theme right now and i just thought it was great awesome you found the second one too uh yeah it wasn't obviously as good as the first one but i was a big fan i'm hoping that they pull through and actually do finish the third one even though the plot doesn't look that great right now <laughs> but i'd see it anyway we'll love it just the same exactly it's true yeah what's your name dude matt denyan all right what's ghostbusters mean to you ghostbusters is just classic film man classic film one of those films you hang out with your friends and just quote quote after quote and laugh your butt off you know Fantastic. Uh, pleasure to come see it. Missed a lot of stuff like from when I was a kid and saw it. Just didn't pick up on because I didn't get the subtleties. But now, yeah. fantastic. So. Yeah. Now awesome. it, yeah. It's a whole, it takes on a whole new meaning now, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. It certainly does. We love it. You found the second one, too? Yeah, I like the second one, too, man. Great curls nice. in that one, too. So. Yeah, exactly. Looking forward to a third. <laughs> Hello, sir. What's your name? Ron Berkowitz. Oh, we've met. Yes. Matter of <laughs> fact, we have. All right, Ron, what does Ghostbusters mean to you? Ghostbusters is my childhood all over again. It's uh, great for to actually get a chance to see it in theaters for the first time in my entire life. It's something that I was able to see nuances, which I wasn't able to pick up when I was little, and it's just, it's golden. Awesome. You fan of both movies? Yeah, I am. I, uh, I've seen both, and uh, now that I'm seeing the original uh, for the first time again, uh, as be- being an older person now, being able to understand more about it, 
Uh, I think I'm going to go and take a look at the uh, first or the second one again and uh, see what I can catch in there. Do it. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, what's your name? Uh, Brandon Stanzeski. What does Ghostbusters mean to you? Um, well, I've grew, I grew up with it when I, since I was a kid, and when I heard that it was back in theaters, I was really excited because that's one of been known my all-time things since I was a kid. And I remember growing up on the movie, the short-lived Extreme Ghostbusters from the 90s. And yeah. I, yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Um, and then I found out that there was the, the real Ghostbusters cartoon show, and I started a collection of all that stuff. So now I have a movie poster, a whole lot of collectibles, and... Um, and just when I, I don't like trying to figure out like what I connect with most, I think I'm just a big Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd fan. And anytime they're in a movie together, it's just, oh, of course, it's gold. I know it's it gold. So. You fan of both movies? Uh, yeah, I am, awesome. and I'm excited for the. I guess it's a third one. Like the it, potential of a third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah the potential. I, I've been. A, I was a fan of the video game because mm-hmm. that was more or more or less. Even if I don't get a third movie, that was like a third movie to me. It's true, that absolutely. Like, yeah. Hi, sir. What's your name? Peter. All right, and what does Ghostbusters mean to you? Everything. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> no, I've been, I've been waiting a long time to see it in theaters. You didn't see it as a kid? No, I was one when it came out. Ah, so, yeah, I was yeah. three, so likewise. It did not happen, but it got so much play in daycares. It's true. So. It did. Yeah, it's good. It's good that it's out. You a fan of the second one, too? I- I'm a fan, not as much, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a fan. You hoping they finally get it together for a third one? Well, there was the game. Well, that's true. No, it's, it's, it's canon, right? <laughs> it counts. Wilson Maybe. said everyone's participation. Yeah, right. Definitely. But, yeah, the movie, if it comes together, you're going to go see it? Of course. I mean, wasn't that part of the, the whole reason why they did it was to try to get, you know... I was getting everybody to work together. I don't know yeah. if that was maybe... A, hopefully it was a step in the right direction, but yeah. I guess we're going to see how it ends up. I'll, I'll, I'll see it for sure. Awesome. Day one. <laughs> so we have to point out, of course, um, again, thank you to everybody who we interviewed, all the fine... Uh, Gentlemen, uh, incidentally, <laughs> are the only ones yeah. we interviewed. But there, there were a lot of ladies at the screenings at well, uh, as well. But the last two who we spoke to, Brandon and Peter, were actually in uh, uniform. I believe Brandon may have had the, the costume on, like the kind of one-piece. Yeah, that looked the one like they the saw jumpsuit. in 80s tees. Nice. Yeah. And Peter was actually there with his wife and son and daughter. And the daughter had on, you know, the, the ghost logo uh, patch. I believe mm. it was kind of like pinned to her. And then his son had on, same thing, like a one-piece jumpsuit. It looked like it was custom-made because it had the kid's name on it. Yeah. Where the guy's last names were, it had his first name on there. And uh, Peter had one, which was a full-size. It, it looked like a full-on. If they were to start shooting Ghostbusters 3 tomorrow, he could walk on the set. And it, yeah. It would be a pass. Plus, he had a proton pack that looked like it was made of plastic and rubber parts. Oh, that's awesome. It was, it, yeah, it he looked made it really, from a really transport awesome. book bag. Yeah, something like that. He made, really? He made it like custom made. Wow. Yeah, it was a real like homemade affair, but it was awesome. It looked awesome, but all of them were in suits, and it was mm. it was very very cool. And uh, yeah. we of course thank everybody for their participation. And the, in- uh, the interviews were kind of right on our level too, with you know what the movies meant to us and everything involved in Ghostbusters too. Oh, definitely. Everybody and, was um, in their in their twenties or early thirties, yeah. so they're all within our age range. So I believe everybody. Our age identifies with it the same way. Overall, I mean, fans yeah. Yeah. identify with it for the same reasons and still like it today for the same reasons. Yeah. The toys growing up, the cartoon, both movies coming out in the 80s, obviously in close enough the, proximity. Even though the general consensus seems to be is uh, that nobody liked the second one as nearly as much as the first one. A lot of people it complained so. that it was the same film. 
It was the same style, but it wasn't at all. Though it, it had its own identity. I mean, it I, did. I get the similarities in as much as they're kind of they have to start everything up again in the first. Um, sorry, in the second one, kind of like how in the first one. One of the things I love about the first one is that you see them going into business and getting yeah. started. They don't already exist, which was Dan Aykroyd's original draft. Was that hmm. Ghostbusters already existed, and they were like franchises throughout the country. It wasn't just hmm. like one. One central headquarters. Yeah. Well, you looking at it now. But even in the second one, they just kind of jump right back into it after you know the courtroom it, scene. It's there wasn't very much in the way of like getting back into business, like as as far as what they showed in the movie. As well, yeah, as there was. But well, I mean, they get, the they get, being well, created. You, you, you get know? the point where there's things happening in the second one mm-hmm. right away. Where there's like in the first one where they're starting to have all these sightings. Yeah, and then they go back into business, and it, it probably ended up where there was national news again. So. But I, I get the argument where kind of like it, the second one kicks off in the same way the first one does. Everything starts out innocently, and all of a sudden something supernatural happens. Yeah, and you don't know exactly what, and then the to logo Dana. comes up, and yeah. yeah, exactly. Of course, it happens to Dana again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it's like Die Hard and Die Hard Two. How can the same thing happen to the same guy twice? Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of that concept. I mean, obviously, and at the end, spoiler alert, chances are you're listening to this if you're a fan, but if not, uh, best to tune out now. But with the giant figure you don't expect to see at the end of the first one and at the end of the second one, essentially to close out the movie, like the finale of the movie is based around an oversized figure walking around (laughs) to destroy somebody. Mm -hmm. So... I get how people might and, say they're similar, but I believe they're distinct enough where you don't look at them as being the same oh, I the do. same yeah, movie. Yeah. I look at them as being both strong movies, and obviously they meet with the mayor and all that, of course, kind oh. of at a, at a similar point. He, he's my favorite. I love Lenny. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Ghostbusters. <laughs> I, have I to fucking say, love it. <laughs> I have the video game for... Xbox, Jack. I believe you have it for. I bought it for the Nintendo Wii because it was fi- it was cheap in the store I work in. Yeah, and I bought and, it. And for a the family n- member has the Wii. I'm like, oh, well, I bought it, it for the Nintendo somehow. Wii because it was cheap, and I don't even have a Wii <laughs> just because I knew it was different. <laughs> well, that's from, a damn tragedy. <laughs> well, it's a reason enough to get one now. Mm-hmm. But I know it's different from the the version that's on Xbox, which is the first version I got. Haven't played it yet. Frankly, I'm waiting. So that the three of us can play it when we're actually uh, in the same place. Yeah, of course. That actually yeah. deterred me from buying it from PlayStation 2 because they had the animation style that was on the Wii. I'm like, oh, that sucks. I really want the Xbox PlayStation 3 right. style. So that detracted me because I only had a PlayStation 2. Yeah, but it's it. it's a different game, though. Yeah. I mean, from the Xbox version. So if you have the Wii version, I mean, the Wii is a system that's going to carry on for a little while, unlike yeah. the PS2, which has seen better days. Mm. Yeah. But the video game, as much as we're fans... We've yet to really dig into the video game, but uh, yeah. we are very, very much looking forward to it. I haven't bought it yet, and I plan to eventually. We will. Yeah. Well, since I have it, all we need to do is connect oh, a bunch true. of controllers to an Xbox. And yeah. From what party I understand, on. it's it takes place at. Um, I read the synopsis. It takes place at Thanksgiving, nineteen ninety one, and they're training a new Ghostbuster. Yeah, you're playing as yeah. a trainee, and everybody's everybody's back. It's all four of them do the voices. Yeah. Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd wrote the script, so it's their story. Yeah. So it's a it's a genuine effort by all who were involved. Yeah, in the Andrew movies. showed me the uh, demo because Xbox put out a demo of it that you could play for a little while, like to hear all the guys' voices again and oh, yeah. see them like training a new guy and everything like that. There was an awesome feature on the Blu-ray about the making of the Ghostbusters game, 
which oh yeah, that's on that is on the Blu-ray. Yeah, this one yeah, they yeah. released really simultaneously. That is a special feature I'd probably be interested in. Actually, the Blu-ray is loaded with lots of awesome features. Like there's one about restoring the Ectomobile, which Dan Aykroyd sees for the first time in however many years, twenty years maybe. Mm. Like the original one from the first movie, this shop which does a lot of restoration for cars for movies, whether it's like we need a an ambulance from 1948 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like they'll have one and they'll restore it so that way it looks like it's from that period for whatever movie. And obviously, a lot of the guys working in the shop were excited to work on the Ecto-1. And that yeah, was a really cool feature yeah. ad. And, that would uh, be awesome. As I mentioned on the Blu-ray too, as I said earlier, there's a commentary track, which is the same one that was on the DVD with Harold Ramis and director Ivan Reitman and Laszlo... Kovacs. Kovacs, thank you. Yeah. Uh, the director of photography, and uh, it's it's just a fun and informative commentary. But the bonus, what's brand new for the Blu-ray, is something called Slimer Mode, which I've watched. You guys haven't watched yet. It's basically pop-up video, kind of like pop-up video, like yeah. a picture-in-picture commentary where they interviewed basically everybody. Unfortunately, the only one who doesn't participate in any of the features is Bill Murray. No shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I was all excited when the he's stripes. Got, he's got better things to do. <laughs> Apparently not, because he hasn't done anything. <laughs> Yeah, it was sarcasm. He's done. I know, I know. But aside from that, uh, I was so excited when the Stripes extended cut DVD came out, and they said special features, including interview with Bill Murray. Bill Murray said like eight sentences in the behind the scenes. I was in feature Stripes. on Stripes was a long time ago. <laughs> well, I don't have to do anything now. Bye. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, hey, good for him. If he doesn't have to work, that's fine. But unfortunately, they're the fans who are, of course, clamoring for a third movie, which. Mm. I mean, after the Spike Awards last year, oh, 2010, was... when he showed up in the Venkman yeah. jumpsuit with the proton pack, come on. How awesome and is that? And then backstage with Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, exactly. Just, exactly. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not trying to send a message here. I'm not trying to say anything here. But, dude, you can't do that. And expect yeah, people aren't going to be like, holy shit, does this mean a third one's going to happen? Because there have been rumors circulating about a third one for, for years. years. For so long. And Dan Aykroyd was writing it for years, wasn't he? With Harold Ramis. Or at least trying to come up with a treatment ideas. for it. There know? was supposed to be a sequel in the nineties called Ghostbusters Go to Hell, <laughs> oh. <laughs> where they die and they get they need to like get their way back to to Earth or something. I don't know. I've that sounds retarded. <laughs> I don't know. I love the title Ghostbusters Go to Hell. Sounds yeah, awesome. the title is great. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe after Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, they were like, all right, we need to come up with something different. <laughs> yeah, but. I, I don't know how many different writers or how many different well, uh, versions there have been throughout the years, but there was supposedly a version written by two of the guys who write for The Office, and there's a Well, that's Carol the Ramis, script Dan that's Aykroyd. out now with Lee Eisenberg and Gene Stupinski. They wrote a, a script with Dan Aykroyd for the third film. That's the one that they're being used now if they film something. Really? Yeah. It's okay. been finalized for over a year now. Well, apparently not because it hasn't happened yet, so we yeah. don't it's know. Just locking down the characters. Well, Bill Murray always well, the said. Actors. Well, yeah, I mean, Bill Murray always said that he wouldn't want to go back to it. He didn't like the way the second one was presented for some reason. He wasn't a fan of the second one. Yeah, he didn't want to return to the uh, franchise. I still after don't that. understand why. <laughs> he said that in interviews that he wasn't. I mean, I he can, wasn't. If you're underwhelmed by a movie, I mean, that's fine. But I mean, why stop playing that character? It looks like he had fun both times playing that character. Yeah, even in the second one, it looks like he had a blast playing people. Yeah, when, like if, I don't understand. If there's more story to tell, where if the story's good enough, I mean, I get why it's 
think about it. Aside from the groundskeeper and Caddyshack, it's his signature character. Absolutely. There's really not a character you can think of where it's like, that's Bill Murray all over. As funny as a movie like Stripes is, mm-hmm. as funny as Meatballs is. Yeah. Even Groundhog yeah, Day. Groundhog Day. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. There, he's done loads like he was of a funny butthole movies. in that movie, too, but he was hilarious. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but yeah, it's... It, it feels like there's there's more to say. There's somewhere to go with it. And yeah, the concept of training the next generation would be awesome, depending who they get, of course. But I feel like there's just so much more that they it could, be funny they could too, do with to it. Just see the guys get back together and be these old 60-year-old men who can't pick up the proton pack anymore. And yeah. Just yeah. I mean, have, if they like, struggle, <laughs> I mean, they struggle have to daily. do it like they did with the second one where it's like 20 years later yeah. or however many years later. How they began the I mean the first shot of the of the second movie said five years later so immediately they're like okay this much time has elapsed it's not like a week after yeah, yeah. saving everyone from Gozer themselves out of quitting you know yeah. Yeah. like in like Danny Glover and Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon Four yes they're like we're not too old for this shit <laughs> you gotta will it <laughs> yeah. um, I would really just I would love another one me too me too I mean let's let's address. Rumors we've heard. Obviously, Jack heard about the the writers and the the current. I don't know if you even call it a draft, but let's say the script that is that negotiations are being based on. I've heard. Uh, I, th- I think it was pretty much like a like a public statement, or at least it, as far as it was made in an interview. That Rick Moranis said he would come out of retirement to play Lewis Tully again. Yes. Uh, that Sigourney Weaver's uh, one of her stipulations was Oscar, her son, and from, from the, the second, second one movie. would have to be a Ghostbuster mm-hmm. in the new one. Which I like the idea of. And actually. Ivan Reitman said absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that makes sense. That's logical because it at is. this who point, play Oscar's, Oscar though, like who's a twenty-year-old actor who could play Oscar? Who's blonde? I don't know. Yeah. They gotta find somebody. Uh, I'm I mean, sure they can find somebody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're probably not gonna get the kids who are <laughs> the twins who are yeah. Oscar in the second hey, movie. That would be funny, like, Did you guys though. ever do anything again? <laughs> <laughs> you wanna be in another movie? <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, man. We don't want to be typecast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Harold Ramis, I assume, is in. Ernie Hudson said he hasn't heard anything based around his character and I guess because all the attention's on if Bill Murray's going to sign back or not. He hasn't heard anything if they... Um, I assume they want there's a back. steady paycheck, I'll believe he'll do anything you say. I'm sure he would. Because <laughs> uh, what else has he done lately? Uh, Ernie Hudson. Congo. Yeah, that, that was, was 1995. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's been at fan conventions and he's dressed up as Winston. As Winston, yeah. Has he really? Yeah. 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 At like minuscule little fan conventions. Well, not, and, not for nothing, but he also hasn't had the the success and didn't have the career going into the first movie that the other guys did. I mean, come on. Oh yeah. Hal Ramis was a director in his own right, having already done Caddyshack and National Lampoon's Vacation. And then he takes one of the, one of the principal roles in the first movie and, and then being in stripes. And I think movie. he wrote up, he wrote for animal house, animal right? house. He was a writer on as well. I mean, he'd been doing it for such a long time. Obviously Dan Eckward and Bill Murray were celebrities just from Sarah net live alone. Yeah. And they were also like such celebrities and, let's say, uh, anointed New York citizens because Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Even though one of them's Canadian, it didn't yeah. seem to matter. It's like, yeah, they're close enough. But that's what I've heard. I've yeah. heard and rumors Andy about... Andy Potts uh, is rumored to return as Janine. True. Uh, that's just rumored right now. True. Um, there is an IMDb page, incidentally. Lenny is. is supposedly the president now. Yes. That's <laughs> fucking awesome. That would be really awesome. That's awesome. Because that's the perfect direction to take uh, it in. Ghostbusters. <laughs> and, One of uh, the other um, stories I've heard, or, or rumors, is that early in the movie, Venkman dies and then is a ghost, and he's now helping them as a ghost mm-hmm. take care of whatever it is happens. In mo- I mean, no actual storyline has been 
revealed. Yeah. And I've heard uh, conflicting reports about some of the uh, younger crop that are supposed to be in the movie. Oh, uh, they've, they've Eliza said that Dishku for years. Is, uh, Eliza Dishku is on the IMDb list. He, he want, Dan Aykroyd wants three male, young male actors and one female. Yes. Yeah. I, I, and I Alyssa Milano is also rumored as well because I, I think I read both of them lent their voices to the video game. But I don't think she'll be a Ghostbuster. I think she might be a, a secondary character. Yeah. Janine's understudy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like a Lewis or Janine type character, maybe. Could be. Mm-hmm. Well, not to say anybody who's going to be in. It's like, oh, they're going to get cast as a Ghostbuster. There's one website I looked at. It was a couple months ago. I had stumbled upon it. I don't remember what I was on the internet looking for. And they were talking about remakes we'd hate to see. And one of them was Ghostbusters. And the people they had for as a Ray and Peter and Egon were Andy Samberg, Bill Hader, and Zach Braff, <laughs> which uh-huh. is definitely the cast from hell, if you ask me. <laughs> I would like Bill Hader as a Ghostbuster. I think he's one really? of the rumored ones. He could pull it off. Yeah. I don't. I, I see it, definitely. I don't see it at all. I don't see his sense of humor as being similar to... the. I mean, I could do. I give you anybody who, who well, would be good? No. look but... for Saturday Night Live type cast yeah. members to play in this film. You mm. know who I think would be an awesome Ghostbuster? Who would be an who awesome would Ghostbuster? Who would actually be perfect? Ron Berkowitz. <laughs> I was thinking Why about that, that when he were when he he was being interviewed, and I don't know, just the sense of humor and the combined sense of humor and nerdiness. I think he would be a perfect Ghostbuster. I think he'd be better as Lewis's sidekick. Yeah, I think so. You think so? I, I don't think know. So. I think he could be a Ghostbuster. I think he would have been the Egon who created all the I, machinery. I could see that. And yes. then he's got he's got the funny to match. So I, I think he would be perfect. Well, you know, had we gone to Sam's Club to meet Dan Aykroyd, maybe he would have seen us and said, "These are the three guys we're looking for." Yeah. Oh, would that I, would have been worth fifty dollars. Would I ever? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll Incident. shop here every day, I swear. Yeah. I won't shop anywhere else. I will, I will live on Crystal Head Vodka. <laughs> <laughs> you may have to clean me up before filming, but I will live on Crystal Head yes. Vodka. Let's do it. Take yeah. it out. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. Yeah. And then we'll dry, and then dry me out. Oh, my God. Well, listen, we are available. So if anybody mm-hmm. from Sony is listening mm-hmm. or uh, anyone from the Accurator Ramus or Reitman camp, uh, please get in touch with us because uh, we are available. Yes, and there's a lot. We gladly do it, and we can write. This as would well. be my dream. You mm. don't understand to be a ghost. It would be like your, your childhood dream to be a Ghostbuster. To be a Ghostbuster theatrically, yeah. even theatrically, that would be amazing. I, Just to be I an extra. I can't. No, no, to be a Ghostbuster. <laughs> yeah, a Ghostbuster yeah. extra. I don't know. I've one of the training recruits. I think yeah. Dan Aykroyd would handpick you, Jack, to be oh, like. Yeah. Well, yeah. clearly Ray needs to work with this kid who looks just yeah. like <laughs> young Ray. I think Jason Segel would probably be a good Ghostbuster. I like uh, it. I think. Yeah. I like it, too. I, I don't know. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd would be fucking perfect. You want Paul Rudd in I everything, think, including your pants. Paul so Rudd, what a surprise. Uh, yeah, I, I would. Yeah. Um, Paul Rudd would be perfect in anything. Really. One thing we don't really want to see is just... Is dick and fart jokes. Yes. The effects will, will be, I'm sure, a huge leap from the previous two. Oh, easily. But... In some way, I kind of want the old... Like, it has to have that feel of Ghostbusters from the first two. It can't just be some... I mean, I know the effects will be so much better for the ghosts and for the proton stream and everything, but oh, yeah. a part of me kind of wants some of the old effects to kind of work their way in. The old if, cheesiness, <laughs> yeah. Well, if they were effects where the ghosts didn't look scary so much as they looked almost cartoony. I mean, look at the Scolari brothers. They oh, looked yeah. more cartoonish than they looked like actual people. They looked like Muppets, essentially. Yes. Mm-hmm. And same thing with the librarian... Slimer. And the first one, Slimer, of course. If they made him too real and too scary, it would almost kind of change the tone of the movie. The fact they look kind of cartoony played into what I thought was 
a very cartoonish sense of humor. Yeah. Whether it's the interplay among the guys or the physical comedy or whatever it is, from particularly the first one. Yeah, at least I mean, in my opinion. The main villains didn't look cartoony in either one, though. Like Gozer oh, or, no. or Vigo, for that matter. They they were pretty terrifying. Like, there was yeah. nothing cheesy about their. Yeah, Gozer did freak me out as a that. kid. Yeah. It was just weird seeing a broad with the red eyes. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Was... And if Walter Peck could maybe make an appearance somehow, I that would, would be love it. Amazing. <laughs> Walter Peck now works for. Like, works with the government. Like, yeah. He, he's. Yeah, he's still with the EPA. Somehow he's in Lenny's like cabinet. The, yeah, the Ghostbusters <laughs> oh, go nationwide. Oh, Mister Vankman, that would be amazing. Just to tie it all together. See, if they made it its own movie, not that it wouldn't bear any relation to the first two movies at all. Obviously, it would, and there'd be a pretty straight line in the way that there was a straight line for the first one. And the second one, I guarantee you, they would do that with the second one to the third one. Otherwise, why bother? Hmm. I definitely think one of the stipulations for the third one is that they get Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd on a treadmill because, oh my yeah. God, mm. send them to fat camp. Yeah. <laughs> I hope this that doesn't the, ruin well, my chances of being cast. I mean, I that think, could be uh, the joke. Actually, Aykroyd said that that's part of the gimmick. He can barely, his character can barely walk anymore. Actually, I think he said he wants Ray to not be able leg. to see out of one of his eyes. Really? Yeah. Really? That would almost be a little weird coming in like it's been yeah. 20 plus years and now you see them they're all decrepit. That would almost I take think, away from um, it, I think. Well, I think Harold Ramis's weight gain was a little more acute than Dan Aykroyd's because Dan Aykroyd was always kind of big. But yeah. Harold Ramis was a twig in the first two Ghostbusters movies and then he was a blimp in, like 10 in years Groundhog later. Day. Between Ghostbusters 2 and Groundhog Day, it was three or like four, four years. years yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was huge in that uh, one scene. I don't understand in. what happened in just like those he few years. He was huge, he was red, and he was sweaty also in that one scene with yeah. the doctor. Yeah, and then I, and I, I saw know. him again years later. He was um, in Orange County. I remember seeing him in Orange County. Yeah, as well. he, he looks like huge. how he looks. He looks that way in the special features. Yeah, and he uh, he had a cameo as uh, Seth Rogen's dad in Knocked Up. That's he right, that he was. Scene. Yeah, and he was a blimp there too. So yeah, he was also yeah. <laughs> in what was it Year One, and he was a huge in that. Also. He directed Year One, I think. Yeah, he directed it. Yeah, and that was one of Jury's criticisms. Like, I'm not going to do Ghostbusters three, and everybody thinks Year One is good because those are some of the same <laughs> oh. writers. But yeah, he he went on Letterman and actually said Ghostbusters three is a crock. I'm not doing it. Really, he's been public about it. He actually said because um, I think some of the writers worked with Harold Ramis to develop Year One and said, oh. And he saw, he's like, that movie sucks. And I heard from other people, this movie sucks. And why would I want to do that if Ghostbusters is going to be that way? He he kind of had major criticisms about it. Not based on your own, just because I think he wants to be difficult. Maybe. I mean, he's not known for being like an agreeable person. He's Did, known to be kind of surly. Didn't you tell me one time <laughs> that he and Harold Ramis got into it on the set of Groundhog Day? Or? Well, there were disagreements after Groundhog Day. Was that, This is obviously all rumor, folks. I have not spoken to Bill Murray or Harold Ramis. <laughs> I don't feel like I should put a disclaimer out there, but obviously anything we're saying is not because we're insiders by any means. It's all things we've read and heard, and who knows? It's the Internet age. All this stuff could be fabricated, but I believe it was on the uh, biography of Bill Murray where I heard about uh, there were disagreements after Groundhog Day as far as the tone I believe Bill Murray wanted to be a darker tone to the movie, and Harold Ramis wanted to be more like the upbeat comedy that it is. Yeah. So apparently, like, the majority of filming and all that, if I remember correctly, went great, but then they disagreed as far as how the movie turned out. And I think that may have been the last time they worked together up till the video game, but who knows how that went. I mean, everyone could have rolled up to a mic separately and have never interacted with each other. That's I definitely see, true. I definitely yeah. see Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis being in touch with each other regularly because they mm-hmm. obviously had a... It seems like they may have had more of a working relationship. Mm-hmm. 
obviously they collaborated on the two movies as well, so I'm sure they got together for the video game. I'm sure it wasn't just emailing each other notes. Yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised also if Bill Murray was maybe trying, to, in this age of publicity and all, and with all the speculation that has been surrounding a third Ghostbusters movie for years, I wouldn't be surprised if he was kind of playing into it a little bit and maybe trying to just be hush-hush about it because these days everything gets out so early. Mm-hmm. I mean, every, with social media and news just being transmitted to the public instantly, come on, he might be trying to downplay it a little bit. Or he may just genuinely be like, no, I'm not doing it, which I don't know how yeah. it would go. It wouldn't put me off seeing it, but... I'd be concerned about, I mean, are they just going to Charlie Sheen him and say, like, he fell in front of a train? I mean, I don't know kind of how they go about it. Another rumor is that Bill Murray actually said, I haven't gotten around to reading the script, but I feel like I owe Ivan Reitman one, so I'll eventually read it. It's just not the forefront thing on my mind right now. I can understand. He, I mean, if he legitimately doesn't want to do it, okay, but I don't see the point of going forward without him. You know, I also read a few months ago that he looked at the script and approved it and said that he was in. So I don't. Yeah, there's you know, been I keep so many conflicting, conflicting that they were going to do three and four back to back. That they were going to do three and four. Yeah, yeah un- unfortunately, it's all it's all rumors. I mean, yeah. who knows what's going on? Like, it's... I don't like. There's a part of me that wouldn't want them to do it without him, but at the same time, I'm kind of still morbidly curious to see what they would do with it, and with or without him, would still see it just to see it. Even if it you gets know, finalized. Just out of sheer morbid curiosity. Oh, I would want to see it. I'd see a Ghostbusters movie every summer. Mm-hmm. And without a doubt. <laughs> there's, there's certain franchises where I would go year after year. I just don't know how it would feel like forever without Pete Venkman. I don't, I don't know. I agree. He was the hero in the first two movies. So yeah. to do it without him is... And his humor drives, this, drives the comedy. It really does. Overall, yeah. I think so. Because Egon's humorless. More often More than or not. Less. Yeah. <laughs> and Ray could be funny, but I mean, it's Venkman who comes out with a quick... It, you need those quick quips yeah you need them and they give him credit in the commentaries as well as far as bill murray being just amazing at improv you can just throw any line at him and he'll just contort it in a way where it's hysterical yeah so. and he's one of the only ones they followed separately in the first film with his storyline with dana true yeah so. and he's the only one who really has a backstory you know about in as much as he and dana had a relationship that didn't work out mm-hmm. leading into the second one so they just need to get their shit together <laughs> yeah, do please. This. i don't please. know get everybody in a room just and- offer him yeah. a ton of money yeah, He's gonna make uh, it throw money at them Who if you have to. Who isn't going to want to go see a third Ghostbusters movie, really? Just judging by the people who came out to the screening, I can only speak for the one theater we went to three consecutive weeks, but everybody we certainly talked to, even the fans we interac- interacted with the first Thursday, October 13th, where we didn't have a recording device yet. That's what inspired us to get it. Mm. Just chatting with people, it seems anybody who was there who plunked down money to see a movie they already owned on DVD or Blu-ray or both would easily go see a third one. Yeah. And we're all waiting for a, a Blu-ray release of Ghostbusters 2, goddammit. So if anybody yeah, come on. at Sony is listening, please. It's been remastered in high def on television and it looks great. Yeah. Yeah, make it happen. Come on, give us some features as well. Get yeah. get Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis to do a commentary together. That would be so insanely informative. As much yes. as I enjoy the commentary on the first one with Harold Ramis, Ivan Reitman, and Laszlo Kovacs, I, I would be all for a cast commentary. Yeah. Mm. We need a Blu-ray for Ghostbusters 2, and we need Ghostbusters 3. Even a new Blu-ray for yeah. Ghostbusters Everyone would be itself. all for it. I would it. buy it again if it came out as a two-pack only. Oh, yeah. definitely. Even if it was the same thing. So I, own, I own two copies of Ghostbusters. I'll own a third one yeah. if need be. Yeah, I think we <laughs> all That's what it's going to be. Yeah. Whatever. Fine. Take it. We'll do it. Like You, you have yeah. our business. And Every, the way the toys are selling Especially with the digital copy, too. Oh, please. I yeah. almost bought a digital copy of that on iTunes. 
Just yeah, so I can. And have even it. what was cool when we went oh, to uh, the screenings uh, is that you know some of the the adults that were there seeing this were bringing their kids and introducing them to this. Yeah, and that that I thought was awesome. You know. Yeah, the second showing week. them something that was so important to them in their childhood. Like you're exposing a new generation to this, mm-hmm. and of course, nice like, there, there's no reason not to continue this mm-hmm. if you can get the storyline right, get the characters, get the people that made this magic the first place. I agree wholeheartedly. As long as they have something that they feel adds to the story that exists, yeah, and they're all doing it for the right reasons, not just for the money. As much as we would love for Bill Murray to be involved on any level, yes. we obviously we want him to do it as. Like he he's genuinely into it, but yeah. we want to see it. Everyone's in favor of it. Everybody yes. who we talk to in the theaters would be all for and it'll be seeing make a, a ton one. of money. It, it will would. make a ton of money. Absolutely. Everybody's going to go see it. Everybody saw Indiana I, Jones. I would see it multiple times. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The <laughs> Twenty don't years reboot, later, don't people saw reboot Spider Man. Sony, get on the Ghostbusters. Fuck Spider Man. Yeah, just trash the new Spider Man. We don't need to see it at all. Yeah, Spider Man with Edward with stupid Colin hair. hair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck that. Don't put it in 3D either. Don't put Ghostbusters 3D, please. Yeah, please oh, don't please. do that. That would be the worst gimmick they could. They tried that yeah. with Jaws 3D. It didn't pan out. Yeah. And that was 25 years ago. I guarantee Bill Murray will be like, yeah, I'm not doing this if it's 3D. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got yeah, this. Yeah. Like, nope. Not happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, regardless, this is a lasting legacy for people in their, who grew up in the 80s. And just in general, it's one of the, regarded as one of the greatest comedies ever. And it's just something that people still love to this day. It proves the test of time that you could be funny, you can have an action movie, you can have all these special effects, and just make a great franchise that people will love forever, and we'll love forever, too. I can't wait to show my kids the first two Ghostbusters, well, hopefully the three Ghostbusters movies <laughs> in the future. And by the time you have kids, you'll be able to take them to the theater yeah. to see the third Ghostbusters yeah. movie. Yeah. At this rate, yeah. Yeah, pretty they, much. they wheel the in their teens. on yeah. life support. Yeah. In their teens. <laughs> God damn it. Just don't get the idea also to reboot this and get all new actors. I can't imagine anyone give permission to reboot it. No. You never know. No. I, I would be shocked. That's one of the few, I believe, that you couldn't It's just too reinvent. sacred. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Reboots have not fared well recently, and I don't think anybody would want to take a gamble on a franchise as strong as Ghostbusters. It's Sony's biggest franchise easily. I can't think of anything that's bigger than that. The closest thing you could say is Spider-Man, but that's not... That's Marvel. That's yeah. That's Marvel's franchise. Even though Sony owns the movie, and Men rights. in Black doesn't count. Don't make them. Oh, that's getting a third movie. Why? Who cares? Just, it doesn't anyway, matter. Nah. Doesn't as matter. Far as, all right. As far as this podcast goes, we came, we saw, we kicked its ass. This is Jack. This is Ryan, and this is Chris, and this has been the only podcast that matters. Do Ray Egon.